All right. Well, welcome back. Today we are on the Faith and Entertainment Podcast. My name is Brent. This is episode 14. And today I am honored to speak with Jenny Randall. She is the author of her new book, Getting to Know God's Voice. She is a faith-based author. She's a podcaster, speaker, uh, Emmy Award-winning editor, and founder of Freedom Creatives. And Jenny, would it be safe to say that like you're not having any trouble staying active these days by that introduction? <laughs> Yeah, my plate is full. You might even hear my kids like playing around in the background over there. So yes, we have a full house going on. <laughs> I can imagine. I can relate too, but not quite that busy. That is great. <laughs> yeah. Well, welcome to the show. Um, I've been following you on Instagram for quite a while. And um, I know you even uh, sponsored and gave us a, a, one of your books for a, for a giveaway a few weeks ago um, yeah. when we were promoting the podcast. And um, one of our listeners got that, and I love, I love the the concept behind that. And one of the things we're going to talk about today is, I think your um, what's behind your book of of getting to know God's voice. A couple of my questions are around that, um, but I wanted to start off with something that I've seen in your Instagram feed quite often. It's a common thread of yours, and you talk about. Um, your search for meaning in the everyday moments of life, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So with that, and that's, that can be, we could probably talk for hours on what that means yeah. literally, but um, how have, what have been some examples of this for you recently and specifically during this crazy time of pandemic and social distancing and face coverings and all that kind of stuff since mid-March, to now, what what is the everyday moments of of life and finding meaning in that looked for you look like? Yeah, I I think God is always moving and wanting to minister in and through us, um, and I don't want to miss that, you know. And I think it looks different depending on where you are. And and I mean, now uh, we've been quarantined with my two young kids and my husband. And we also, like you mentioned, we, we juggle a couple businesses and we work from home and I can hustle all day long and fall into performance mode and I have to get this stuff done. But a lot of the times there's the sweetness in actually slowing down and catching the moments that really matter. Like the moments of going on the hammock with my little kid and reading a book. Or, you know, these significant things that can mark the timeline in our lives where you look back and you're like, wow, that was really special. Even though it might seem mundane or like, I don't know. I mean, God God will speak, well, I'm just doing the dishes. And then all of a sudden you just feel this peace or you have this thought and it coincides with the Bible and you're actually hearing God. And so I think it's just noticing those moments from the simple to the like over the top dramatic moments and acknowledging them as powerful and just saying like, thanks God. Thanks. Thanks for showing me this moment and letting me be a part of it. Um, I think we, we can feel a lot of pressure to have these over the top experiences with God or to um, really have to show up big and, and like, I'm here for it. But I think some of the most significant moments at least for me, have been in those quieter, still times 
uh, really just noticing it. Yeah. And I would agree. We found the same thing. It's just noticing God's hand in something. And it doesn't even have to be the sense of an audible voice. You know, like right. we, we read about a lot in the Old Testament and even in the New Testament and these things where he moves mountains and, you know, calms seas and things like this. Um, I, At least for me, when those small moments when you recognize that he's patting you on the back or he's he's comforting you by putting his hand around your shoulder or um, telling you, hey, go encourage this person. It's a yeah. sense, right, that the spirit gives you. Um, and it's those moments where you just do feel super connected, like, thanks, God, for for noticing me, just, you know, small, minute me on this earth and yeah. giving me direction and trusting me with that. Yeah, and I've really been finding him urging me into local community. So a lot of my job is like global church or like through the internet. And we know the internet goes far and (laughs) millions and millions of people. And in this season, um, I became a morning person recently, Brent. I feel like you would be proud of me. I saw that. I saw that. I watched that whole Insta story. It was great. Good for you. (laughs) I know. I'm slowly becoming a morning person. And our ministry has been hosting these sunrise prayer events Mm -hmm. where we go at the beach. We live a mile from the beach and we just pray together. And just like you were saying, it's like the moment where it's like, okay, yeah, we're, we're together. We're in this, we're, we're noticing one another and we're seeing what God's doing and we, we don't, we want to be a part of it. So it's really been a special season. Yeah. And I think too, when, when we, when we miss out and we're not noticing those small moments, literally we miss out. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's our loss. And I think it's a loss for God too, on the relationship piece that he wants with us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But when he calls us to do something, if we miss out, his will is still going to be done because he'll simply task that to someone else and they'll get the blessing yeah. out of it. That's a great, that's such a good point. And I talk about that within our creative, in the creative realm, like, mm-hmm. There have been things that I felt as if God invited me to do, and I just talked myself out of it because it felt scary or like just an an idea. It felt too hard. I can't do it. And months would go by, and I would see somebody else doing that thing that he called me to do. And I'd be like, ooh, that would have been fun. Why did I miss out on it? So I love that you said that because it really rubs me the wrong way when people are like, "You're, you're the only one that can do this. And I'm like, I don't really think that's true. I don't think that's biblical. <laughs> right. Right. And there are probably people that are close to you and that are trying to affirm you and your gifts and your calling and stuff. They mean well. Right. But yeah. And, and there's a, there's a lot of truth to um, the, the, and I'm going to botch the saying, but basically, you know, God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah. We believe that, and we believe the biblical truth behind that. Um, we're not the only one that can do what he's called us to do. Everybody can do it. It's just that everybody's not called to do it. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Okay, I want to jump into a question for your book, um, Getting to Know God's Voice. Talk to us about what that journey has been like for you. So 
I'm assuming that that there was a season of your life or a stage or even pre-Jesus, you know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, for most of us, I'm assuming most of us have a pre-Jesus and we have our, our time of accepting him and dedicating our life to him and, uh, you know, the, the baptism and all of that. And then then there's this somewhat bumpy season of figuring out how to grow close to God and what that yeah. looks like for each of us, you know spiritual maturity and learning about him through the Bible and learning our prayer patterns and rhythms. Um, But I think also discovering how God speaks to us, because I think he speaks differently to you than he does to me, than he does to my wife, Mm -hmm. my kids. So what does that look like for you, that, that journey? Yeah, I became a Christian at 18 and I remember a friend invited me to church. It was a a play. They were doing this play. And I I understood Jesus and I gave my life to Jesus and everything just radically changed from that point. Like I remember going outside and being like, I cannot believe God chose to make this grass green. Like I was so excited mm-hmm. about it. Like I was just like praising him for all the things and just like, I loved it. And the church I got saved at was a um, extremely Pentecostal church. So I grew up very traditional Catholic going to church here and there. And now like very intense, we're having experience with God every time we meet. And um, I went on to really try to understand what it looks like to wholly, authentically and biblically understand the Holy Spirit in the everyday moments of life. Um, so that was a tw- 20 years of up until this point of what does that look like? And I've I've seen a lot of different um, types of Christianity. I'm trying. <laughs> I've seen extremes, and I've seen non movement. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's there's extremes on both ends. Actually, like right. I've seen ministers manipulate the move of God to make them look mm-hmm. good, and I've seen ministers miss out on the move of God and miss out on a great opportunity. So the whole point in me even writing this book, you know, God's voice is to kind of teach people uh, what I've discovered in hearing God's voice and just a a biblical, like, this is what it it should look like. These are what the, what is what the Bible says about it. And I haven't always gotten it right. So I'm able to (laughs) to write from experience on this. Um, (laughs) But I have learned that when we can, honor God properly and, and be empowered by the Holy Spirit, man, everything changes. Everything changes. And it's such a beautiful space to be in. What, what, is, what is one of the most profound moments when God spoke to you? And mm-hmm. I asked that because, and that wasn't even on my question list, but um, for me and for my wife, that some of the times where the he spoke the loudest and the most direct and the most clear were in the seasons of being in a valley, like dark, yeah. low spots. I don't think that's the truth for everybody, but what what was one of the biggest moments outside of salvation, obviously, because that's that's where he speaks, I think, incredibly loud and clear. But what was a time that he spoke really loud and clear to you and you just were blown away by it? Wow, yeah. Um, I'm, I was going to share one and then um, hearing you 
share how God is speaking to you in the dark moments kind of reminded me of another one. So um, in college, I really struggled through depression. Um, I got out of an unhealthy relationship and um, there was just a lot of baggage there. And, excuse me. And I remember it was so hard to go to class. It, it was a struggle to even show up. And I remember praying and I felt so far from God. And my friend said, you just have to fake it till you make it. Like keep showing up, read your scripture. And I don't know if that's like, you're, you're a counselor. You tell me, is that good advice? <laughs> like to build your faith in that season. Is that good advice? I don't know. I, you know, is that the moment? Is that the God speaking piece you're getting to? No, no, no. You're that's just stopping not, that's with that just question. Pause. Like, I've had did, that same advice to me, and I I have given that advice at times to people, and it's not so much fake it till you make it, but it's more for the 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 reason of keeping in a healthy routine, even though you're not feeling it and you're not hearing from mm. God. Because if if we if we drop everything and we stop praying, we stop reading the Bible, even though it all seems dry and, and arid, um, we get out of that healthy habit, and it's not likely we're going to jump back in anytime soon. That's good. Okay, so we so keep up the spiritual disciplines. <laughs> Got it. I'm glad I could ask you. But I feel like I'm in my own personal counseling session. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. So my friend said, "Fake it till you make it," which <laughs> I was like, "I don't. I guess okay." So. One day I was praying and just feeling so like, oh, everything's just so in, insignificant. Why am I even here? Blah, blah, blah. You know, all the things you wonder about life every day. And I'm praying and I just felt like God was going to use me that day. Little old Jenny, the one who's so depressed and can't even get out of bed to go to class. So I, went up, I ended up walking to go um, to our little cafe. We had a cafe on campus and I saw a friend and she was really far away. And I felt like, the Lord said, go ask her if she's pregnant. Wow. And now this is, this yeah. would be the gift of word of knowledge. Yes. The, the Holy Spirit was ministering through word of knowledge. And I was like, that's insane. Like she doesn't look pregnant. That's like the rudest question you could ever ask somebody. Like this is so inappropriate. But before I knew it, I was standing right next to her and I was like, Hey, I just got a random question. Are you pregnant? And she started weeping mm -hmm. and she said, only my boyfriend knows. And I have, I literally have no idea what to do. How, how did you even know that? And it was such a moment of just, I, oh gosh, I'm feeling all the emotions right now because to be used in a moment where I felt so broken and so wounded and God still said, no, you can still be the hands and feet of me and you can, I can still use you to make an impact for me and, and to show other people love. Like, I still want to use you. It was really um, a really mm -hmm. powerful moment. And I was able to minister to her and, and God used the whole situation. But it was, yeah, that was an impactful one for me, for sure. Well, it's just that this vision that reminds me that God uses our broken vessels to carry his living water to other people, yeah. right? It doesn't leak out just because it's broken. Um, yeah. Do you find, and this is a part two to that question, do you find that the more often you hear God's voice and you, to do, especially to do something that seems off like that or, or risky yeah. or am I really hearing this from God or is this going to make me look like an idiot? Um, <laughs> the more often you hear that and actually obey and do it and see the fruit of it, 
does it become easier than the next time? Yeah, I I definitely think it is. It's like um, in my book, I describe it like this. So we all have a local gym. We can drive by that gym every day. It, it is actively working in the life of people. Whether we choose to be a part of that gym membership and take like and lift some weights, uh, that's up to us. So as a follower of Jesus Christ, we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in our life. We have full access. And then there's these moments where we get to enter into that relationship. We get to learn about the Holy Spirit, how he speaks, how he moves. And we can lift our, we can lift our spiritual muscles. We can lift the weights and work it out and develop that muscle. So I definitely think it is something that can be strengthened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, does that mean I don't miss it? Of course, there's times where I'm like, I feel like, I feel like somebody needs prayer for this thing. (laughs) And then no one responds and it's like crickets. And I'm like, God, and I'm always like, God, why? What's happening? (laughs) And and you you feel his finger tapping you on it's it's you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That was for you. Why'd you go public? And I'm like, oh, sorry. Yep, been there, done that. But the, isn't that, I mean, that's why I love the Holy Spirit because, uh, gosh, I love conviction. You know, like. There's oh, the title of your next book. <laughs> oh, God, I love conviction. <laughs> that's clickbait right there. <laughs> <laughs> Good idea. You People can write like, that one. What's I this book? <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's true. Um, Conviction, I think, gets our attention, and it, at least for me, makes me listen a little bit more intently to what God's saying. Right. I, I, just, I think the second we, I mean, not that I'm convicted every second of the day, but like when we stop feeling convicted about stuff, I think we're in trouble. Yeah. Because we're not being moldable or pruned, or we're yeah, not growing. The humility is gone. Yeah. Absolutely. And we're probably isolating because we don't have people speaking helpful criticism into our lives. That's a good point. And when you're in relationship, there's it's really hard. So <laughs> you got to deal with your stuff. <laughs> you got to deal with your stuff. Yeah. Okay. I have a fun question for you. Um, you might have heard this on other episodes, but, <clears throat> and after, I don't want to taint your answer with another one that I got. I was asked this because I asked it. Um, I learned it at an orange conference when my wife and I were doing children's ministry in Georgia. We were uh, living in Columbus, Georgia. And I want to say it was Reggie Joyner who probably uh, offered this as a, as a small group discussion point for children. And I was in a, I had a, I was the leader of a fourth grade girls group. So we had this massive room that had like 70 kids in it. And it was kindergarten through fourth. And I had the fourth grade girls and we all had our little circle. And I asked this question and I'll wait for your answer. And then I'll tell you what this, this young girl said. But if you could go back in time and witness any event recorded in the Bible, Mm -hmm. any, any event, Genesis to revelation, what event would it be and why? Wow. Uh, I feel like I need like game show background music for this. Um, I'm not going to sing. That'll as, that'll, that'll lose all thinking. my followers. <laughs> um, oh man, I go with your gut. Want to? What's that? Go, go with your gut. 
Okay. I, I, well, I'm so conflicted. I want to say when Jesus multiplied the bread mm-hmm. and then, you know, I think that would just be cool to be a part of that. But then I also want to be where I want to be a part of when the Holy Spirit fell and Pentecost is happening and all the crazy was going down. So I would pick either of those two. <laughs> okay. So put some, put some flesh and details into one of those, like specifically why, what would you want to witness and see? Like that maybe isn't, and this is, this I, is, I think I'd want to see this. I would want to see the shock and awe of yeah. those people being fed yeah. and all of a sudden, like, can you even imagine like all of a sudden, Oh, we don't have enough food. And then all of a sudden it's just there. Yeah. Like, I don't, I just think the shock and awe of the miracle that was in front of them, obviously being Jesus, but just look at what he can do. It just seems so amazing to witness that because I, I can't, I can't even fathom what that must have felt like. Right. Yeah, I can't either. And and the shock and awe on the disciples' faces too, because they were doubting. They were saying, hey, yeah. send them away to, you know, someplace to get food because we ain't got enough. Yeah. So. And then he's just like, oh yeah, boom. <laughs> I don't know. I, but there were so many miracles in the Bible. I don't know why I chose that one. Maybe because I like to eat. Who knows? Yeah. No. And what's what's always blown me away about that, miracle is that he sends the disciples out around, you know, groups, people. So it's, it's somewhat organized. There's a little bit of type A we see in, in Jesus, you know, he's like, <laughs> organize them. Let's have a process. And he gets, has these baskets of bread and fish, which obviously weren't, you know, gigantic because they only had a little bit of bread and fish in them. And yet there was right. still enough to feed everybody. And it just reminds me in that, that miracle that, um, God sends us out to do something impossible with the little bit that we have. Yeah, that's good. And it just goes back to that. We're not enough and we don't have enough. Um, And of course, you know, this. the reason behind that is so that we don't get the glory. Yeah. So. Yeah. Being dependent on God. Oh, that's, that's good. So just took me to church. You took me to church. So I will share with you this fourth grade girl's answer because um, and there's not no right or wrong answer for this, but I, I was expecting a fourth grade answer. But then again, you know, having childlike faith, I should have I should have expected something to blow me away. But I asked this question and a couple of kids gave answers. I and mean, one was David and Goliath. And, you know, they have the Sunday, Sunday school stories that they remember and they want to see. But then this one girl when she gave this answer, I actually stopped and couldn't speak for like 30 seconds. It was, it brought wow. me, it stopped me. She goes, I'd want to see the garden of Eden. I wonder if I'd want to see creation, all of the creation up until and before God created humans. Wow. She was very specific about before humans. And so I said, why before humans? And she said, because I want to see what the world was like before sin. Fourth grade, Jenny. Wow. What, what, what is in a fourth grade mind that she thinks like that? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. I love that. Wow. What would your answer be? Oh, gosh. It's changed over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to see when, say when Jesus walked on water and he called Peter out to him. Yeah. 
I would, and specifically, I'd want to see the facial expression and hear the tone in Jesus when he said, you know, to Peter, you know, you don't have any faith. Where'd your faith go? It's yeah. like, wait a minute. Whoa, he just walked on water. I, I get it that he dropped the ball at the end, but but I, I, <laughs> I think we could, there would be a, my understanding of a lot of the New Testament would be completely changed if I could hear Jesus' tone in what he said. Wow. You know? Yeah. So. I love that. Um, okay. I have one last question for you. Um, and I'm going to try this one out on you. You're the very first guest to have Ooh. this question. And I don't okay. know how this is going to go, but I want you to have fun with it. There's no, I don't believe there's any right or wrong answer. This is just a thought provoking discussion among believers. But <clears throat> so. It's a two-part question. In our current day and time that we live, how would you define discipleship? Okay, number one, how do you define mm-hmm. discipleship? And then <clears throat> regarding the fulfilling of the Great Commission, go and make disciples, do you see this as, a, as primary, primarily a responsibility of the church, capital C Church, or individual followers of Jesus? Who who does that responsibility fall on? Mm. Wow. I oh, I love the local church so much. Mm. Um, I just love it. I think I might answer your question out of order, but I, I think the job of the local church is to train up believers, to equip us and empower us, uh, to to understand the Bible, to grow closer to Jesus, you know, all the things. And then I think from there, we're sent out to be the hands and feet of Jesus in whatever that looks like. Um, my hope is the two are combined, like are colliding where um, I do have opportunity to disciple people. They might be in my church. They might be outside of my church. I think it's the, the job of the individuals. I think there's a lot of pressure on the church to do discipleship when God's inviting one-on-one to do it. Um, but I think the local church is to equip me to be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So let me, let me, and I agree. Total love, love that. Um, and I, you might agree with me on this. I think historically, and this is not, I love the local church as well. That I've been in ministry for 25 plus years. So, yeah. Um, but the church isn't perfect because it's made up of imperfect people, right? And, yeah. and I think you'd probably agree with me that historically the church hasn't always gotten discipleship right, right? We we try yeah. classes, we try one on ones, we we try things. Some things work, some don't. So yeah, agreeing with what you just said about the church equipping, where in instances where the church fails at that or whether it's on purpose or not, but they're not equipping well. Yeah. Where where then does that leave us as individuals to still, that doesn't let us off the hook to not make disciples. Right. Right. Yeah. That's man. I I think it's like such, that's such a big discussion because you would hope that 
the church, the leaders of the church are understanding how to hear God's voice and understand the power of the Holy Spirit. And they get the memo, like your discipleship, like you're doing this the wrong way. This is like, <laughs> so um, I, I, yeah, I, I am, it's funny because as an author, my job is to write for the global church. Um, and we're in a season where a lot of churches are still meeting online um, and it's, you can't do, you can't connect in small groups face to face. And that is where a lot of discipleship happens as well. And, um, I think we're actually in a hard spot where a lot of people are looking at other resources outside of their local community. Um, like globally, like I can go listen to a pastor from China or, you know what I mean? Which yeah. is great. Mm-hmm. And I should have extra resources in my life, but how am I everyday people? It's harder to discern if that message I just listened is biblically accurate and that's shaping my Christian viewpoint. You know yes. what I mean? So I, that's the thing I'm wrestling with a lot lately. Like, man, everyone's getting these resources from everywhere and we're supposed to be discipling and training people up. Um, but there's so much stuff out there in the world. And I'm contributing it to as well. Yes. So yeah, I think at the are. end of the day, it has to fall back to the local church and trusting those leaders there that that they are hearing from God and that um, hopefully they're biblically accurate um, and they understand the power of the Holy Spirit. If not, I don't, I don't know. It's a, it's a lot to wrestle with. Those are great questions. It is, and I don't I don't have a solid answer either. Um, I, it just discipleship is one of the key things that our church focuses on here uh, in our city. And uh, um, we've been wrestling with that as meeting, meeting online as well. And you can't go out and have coffee meetings with folks and, and that kind of thing anymore. So discipleship is difficult. I would say it's changed, but it's not, it's, it's not um, impossible. Right. Right. It's yeah. It's just that we have to refocus and rethink. And maybe to your earlier point at the beginning of this, spend a, a deeper amount of time listening to God and reading scripture and saying, God, you're the you're the creator of the universe and spoke things into into being. You you're the author of creation. So you're the one that kind of thinks outside of my wheelhouse and my mm-hmm. realm of knowledge. So give us as a church. This is what my prayer has been is, God, give us something super creative that we would never think about on our own because this pandemic, the social distancing may last for another year or two or three. We don't know. There's no crystal ball for this. So we need a long-term solution to making disciples. And instead of sitting around twiddling our thumbs and just saying, okay, well, let's hang on to Jesus. And when this is over, we'll get back to business. I don't believe that's biblical. Yeah. Yeah. I, so from a practical, so we moved, um, we lived in New York for a while and then we moved to Florida about a year ago and we, um, have been planted in locally. We found a church that we love and are a part of, and I've loved hearing and getting to know their leadership model. And I might be butchering this, but from what I see and think I understand, they have like a leadership model where it's like every senior level teacher will have 12 people that they're actively pouring into. Mm-hmm. And then those people should have, so, you know, it spans out. Those people have right. 12 people in that. And I was talking to um, 
one of my pastors the other day and they were just saying, I think we have to figure out how do we tailor this model for neighborhoods specifically? Because wouldn't it be cool if I hold a meeting at my house and we watch the sermon and we all talk about it and whoever wants to come from my neighborhood can come. And now we're we're talking about the gospel, we're talking about Jesus, we're praying together and we're having this intimate experience and they live right across the street. You know, wouldn't that be cool? So like you said, thinking of new strategies and trusting that God will give that wisdom is hugely important and vital in this time. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that idea. It reminds me of a church I visited in, in Idaho a number of years ago. They're still going at it strong, but their church was completely um, built off of small group growth. And uh, I went to a, at the time I was a small group leader in, in Walla Walla. That's a fun word to say. Um, yeah. <laughs> but we drove there for this conference on small groups and lead pastor sat down with us and basically explained their their model. And it's similar to what you just said. He said, you can tell a lot about a church and their priorities by looking at their budget. Mm. He said, where the multitude of their money goes is usually where they're putting their time and effort. And he said, you can come here on Sunday morning and get a great worship service and a a message and, and a prayer experience. But we don't pour a lot of hours and money into that. It's not what you would expect from a church of 20,000 people. It's it's not to that magnitude, but it's mm-hmm. still healthy. He said, we pour our money into developing home groups and we provide what you're saying, recordings of the sermon, follow-up questions, discussion questions after they give video uh, and book printed books, like materials to their home groups for free. Wow. Nobody has to buy books, nothing. They wow. give them everything. And uh, gosh, this was this was 2008, 2009, mm. maybe. And they were at 20,000 people and 85% of their church was active in a small group, which is incredibly high for a church. Any church. Yeah. Um, I just thought that was interesting. It made me think of that when... Um, when you said that, you know, new, new approaches. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever I love effective. that. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, no, that's good. And so discipleship. Yeah. Let's just, let's pray that God gives us direction as a church. Um, and, and unify us uh, again. I don't, yeah. I don't want to get into political and, and stuff going on in the news and stuff, but I think in general, We need to stay focused on Jesus. To your point, everything in the news, social media and stuff, let's filter that through scripture. And, you know, Mm -hmm. what are, what are we believing and how much are we believing from what sort of resources? And um, that I think will keep us mentally and spiritually healthy. Yeah, I agree. I love that. So Jenny, where can people, I think it's Instagram, but that's where I connect with you. Where can people stay most connected with you and your work? Oh, yes. I love Instagram. Okay. I figured. What's, <laughs> so, what, tell people what your Instagram handle is. What's your name on it's it? It's Jenny.Randall, like with a period. So Jenny, R-A-N-D-L-E. Got it. Well, I will put a link to your Instagram handle in the show notes. I'll also put a link to your book and your website so people can find everything there for you. Um, 
what would you what would you say uh, to the person who is maybe listening to this and thinking, oh, how to um, getting to know God's voice, the title that I might want to read that. What would you say to that person like to encourage them to, to step out? Um, I, you mean to get the book or to actually get to know God's voice? <laughs> the book, the book, because you know oh, the, the, the content yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would just, I mean, I would tell them, I, I think it is for anybody that's looking looking to strengthen their faith and their relationship with God. Um, every day, I actually, you're going to laugh, I call them hearing aids. And I have daily challenges that will actually give you space to journal through and think about and actually an opportunity to listen to his voice and respond. And uh, I talk in the book how he communicates, I think I say one, two, three, four, five, eight in eight different ways, or maybe seven different ways, obviously way more than that, but I dive into deep on the, what right. that sounds like. And then I walk people through how to actually hear him in that, those ways. So I think it's a great resource for anybody that's looking to just deepen their faith. Yeah. I love the hearing aids. No, I love that. I wouldn't laugh <laughs> because I'm a creative. I'm always thinking of something different and new. I love that. Yeah. Super. Thank super you. Cool. I was so proud and excited of that. I'm like hearing aids. This is hilarious. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> that is awesome. Listen, guys, seriously, if you're not connected with Jenny on Instagram, especially her Instagram stories and uh, Instagram TV, she is thought provoking. Um, what she has is solid biblical stuff, but it's also tongue in cheek laughable. Like you've heard with her, she's got a very, um, happy personality, joyful, and she's very lighthearted as well. Um, and, uh, I love that approach to life that you bring. And I just want to ask, you know, God to bless your, your ministries, um, and your family in this time. Thank you so much. Well, guys, this wraps up uh, episode 14. I don't know who's up to bat next, but you guys can leave comments, suggestions, questions in the the comment area of the podcast. Um, Share it with anybody that you think might um, maybe want to read a book like this or or maybe just be exposed to the ministry and the thoughts that Jenny uh, brings to us over social media. Until next time, I want you guys to stay safe, stay healthy, stay in God's word, and just trust him. God bless, and we'll talk to you again.